When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, Bears fans? Sports betting season is in full force right now, especially with the NFL playoffs beginning this week. And that means you need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for nearly three decades, thriving paying you, the loyal customer. What's great about BetUS is they have loads of bonuses. So join now at BetUS.com today and receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using code CHICAGO125. BetUS has all your NFL games with team and player props and loads of NFL futures and odds. BetUS also gives you plenty of options in addition to the NFL. You can bet on UFC matches, the NBA, and more. So follow my lead and get your phone, online, and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. Cash in on your 125% sign-up bonus at BetUS.com with our code CHICAGO125. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. Bet U.S. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible, a special episode of the Chicago Audible as it's, well, 8.30 in the morning here on Monday, January 10th, and about 10 minutes ago, the news came through that the Bears have officially parted ways with now former Bears head coach, Matt Nagy. I'm your host. Uh, I almost said I'm your head coach. Not yet. I got some interviews to pass, but I'm your host, Will DeWitt. Joining with me is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, fresh back from his trip to Minneapolis to cover that Bears-Vikings game. Nick, before we kind of react to this news, you holding up? <laughs> yeah, holding up so far. Um, my day started at 3 a.m. on yeah Sunday morning, and I was, you know, I had, I was one of those people, Will, in the airport running. Because I, I cut it really close after the Bears press conferences after the 31-17 loss to the Vikings where, uh, let's just say, I went the wrong way in the train, had to come back the other way, and I was hauling ass to try to get to my plane, end up making it. But holding up, and the Bears actually, you know, made this, you know, s- soon. Like, we all kind of expected, what, a couple minutes after the Vikings announced some big moves as well. But, 
yeah, I'm holding up as I'm holding up pretty good right now. Excellent. Well, good. You need the energy here because we need to react to the news that Matt Nagy has officially uh, been parted with this team. And uh, I'll go ahead and begin. And Mason and I talked about it a little bit yesterday because we were kind of speculating on what was to come here. And uh, I'm happy. Uh, as we talked about on Thursday, just watching this team decline over the past four years, it's been hard to watch uh, ever since the 2018 season. And when you look back at that year too, a lot of it came from the defense, not his offense. And unfortunately, Nagy was unable to continue to grow his scheme, his system, really the players here as well on that side of the ball. And that's a big reason why I think he's been kind of given the boot here, Nick. What I know this isn't really surprised at this juncture. Even a year ago, we thought this was probably what was going to happen. And they surprised us by retaining him. Do you think this decision came one year too late? I honestly think so, because a lot of the same problems that we saw in this 2021 season, right? Were things that were happening in 2019, 2020. So you just saw a, you just saw a repeat of those. What? Okay, well, go right ahead. Well, next, the next up, Ryan Pace has been fired, according to Adam Schefter. So it just keeps on coming. Uh, so now this is a breaking Matt Nagy slash Ryan Pace reaction episode. So that changes uh, more. <laughs> Almost, it changes everything. Uh, Nick, uh, that, oh, this that's, is. Um, uh huh. That's big. That's big. Well, because I thought this organization was going to, you know, how, you know how Matt Nagy and, and this coaching staff has always found the scapegoats throughout the years with other coaches, whether it was the offensive coordinator, Helfrich, you know, Harry, he stand things in line. The Bears did the right thing here. They just fired Ryan Pace, who was a big fundamental part of why this Bears organization is in the position that it's in right now. And now that you're, you're getting rid of the top two guys here and let's see what happens. Maybe Ted Phillips also leaves the role entirely in terms of, or maybe has a role change, but this is, this is big. The bears actually did the right thing here in terms of trying to become better for the future. I was okay. This was the news I wasn't expecting. I thought the bears would just stay status quo with him there and see what would happen, but that's big. No, this is, this one's huge. Uh, this was the one that I was hesitant to say, Ryan Pace, A, should be fired because he's done a lot of good, also a decent amount of bad, but I feel like with every GM, there's some give and take. And he was one that I was still, like, as I was going to sleep last night after that uh, amazing Sunday night football game, just wondering, what should the Bears do with Ryan Pace? Nick, is this the right move for the team? I think you said it was. It has to be, Will, because I think when you look at just the holes that are that were on each team, you know, you can look at each year, right, and how the Bears kind of approached each um, each offseason, you just look at some of those questionable moves. For every good move that Ryan Pace has had over the years, you could just look at Mike Lennon. You could look at even Andy Dalton this season, the, the wanting to go get Nick Foles. Just, that's the quarterback position, you guys. That's just the QB position and how they approach it. And obviously, Mitchell Trubisky moving up to go get him. Those are all Ryan Pace moves. So, yes, you look at that. You look at the deficiency along the offensive line this season, the cornerback position. Things were just not set up in a way where this team, even if there, maybe there was a better head coach, that things would have been better. And that all falls down to Ryan Pace, the scouting department, and how they kind of approached which players they wanted to acquire, which players they wanted to let go. And now that the Bears have finally made these fun, these monumental changes with this organization, maybe we can – it's not going to all happen instantaneously, but – Maybe you can limit what those holes are in the roster each and every season. And, you know, with all the hope of just building around Justin Fields. 
Man, this is really just interesting all the way around. You know, Ryan Pace, when he came to Chicago, trying to cleaning up Phil Emery's mess, I thought he did a great job of doing so, uh, using uh, cheap veteran deals to kind of recalibrate uh, this roster, retooled a bit. And then 2018, when it all kind of came together with some good draft picks, uh, up-and-coming young head coach, and having some of those veterans carry over, that's when Ryan Pace was doing great. But then, you know, the windows closed quickly in the NFL, and we saw that happen here in Chicago. He definitely put himself behind the eight ball with some really questionable contracts. Heck, even uh, last offseason, you look at like Danny Trevathan, uh, you look at the Nick Foles trade now in hindsight as well, not being able to sign a guy like an Allen Robinson, the way that they've pissed off Akeem Hicks, whether that's up to Ryan Pace or just the Matt Nagy level too. Uh, you can just kind of see this thing uh, imploding over the past couple of years. And like you said, he's missed, Ryan Pace has, on uh, the key points a couple of times, whether it be quarterback and now head coach, at least he had one chance at it. Luckily, though, Nick, maybe both Nagy and Ryan gave us one gift in Justin Fields. Maybe that, if that's the last thing that, you know, we can remember them by, I mean, that's probably going to be the, the highlight, right? Um, because that could be the moving – that's going to be the fundamental part of why this organization – this, this team can move in the right direction. And whoever that next GM, that next head coach is, they're going to be here with, you know, number one in mind, seeing that how they can build around him. But, yeah, that definitely has to be it. Um, Will, I kind of pulled up some of just the free agent signings from Ryan Pace all the way back to 2015. Let's go. And I'll just kind of highlight highlight some of them just to kind of illustrate what, what we're kind of dealing with here, what we have been dealing with. You have his first major sign with Pernell McPhee, a five-year, $40 million deal. We know that that, you think initially, it, like he made some plays, but obviously injuries kind of stalled him there. You have Eddie Royal, Tracy Porter in that first year. Dane Trevathan was his big signing in, in the next year, obviously coming off the Super Bowl season. Um, looking at that, that was also where he brought in Bobby Massey, but also Akeem Hicks. So that's obviously something that you can praise um, Ryan Pace for for bringing a guy like that who a literal bear playing for the Chicago Bears so that was um you know obviously a good one you have 2017 uh you have Mike Glennon you have Deion Sims all right we have a Deion Sims sighting but um 2018 it's highlighted by Allen Robinson that three-year 42 million dollar deal you also have Trey Burton in that Cody Parkey as well, Chase Daniel. See, that's another quarterback one where you look at all the the, the quarterback decisions that the Bears have made. Yes, he was a serviceable backup for two years, $10 million. That's That's a good amount of money. 2019's free agency draft, it wasn't, you know, a big overhaul. That's where they brought in Cordell Patterson, HaHa Clint Dix, Buster Screen, Mike Davis, who, what, didn't end up even really playing. So it's like that's also questionable. And this article stops there at, at 2019. But, um, yeah, just those are some of the guys that they brought in. And you can look at individual draft classes. But That's what I was looking right now, been, actually. Um, I mean, when you look at the draft classes, it all starts, of course, as we know, with Kevin White. So already a big swing yep. and a miss there. Uh, you know, Leonard Floyd no longer a bear, wasn't able to retain him, didn't get the most out of that first-round pick as well. I mean, he hit on a Roquan Smith. Uh, that's the only one that you can say he hit on in the first round yet. Justin Fields is what we hope he can hit on, but we have to see that really yeah. come to full fruition. Uh, you know, Mitchell Trubisky. Adam Shaheen uh, as one, two, and Anthony Miller. You can go down all the way to the, oh, geez, you want to go with Teo Fabaluge, uh, DeAndre Hall, oh, uh, yeah. Daniel Braverman, Kylie Fitz. 
Uh, you know, there's some misses here, but there are some hits as well, whether it be the Darnell Mooney, Travis Gibson, Jalen Johnson. Uh, outside of that, James Daniels, Bilal Nichols late as well, Tariq Cohen before the injury, Eddie Jackson for a time. So again, some good, some bad. But I think what really was damning for Ryan Pacenick were when he missed, he missed big, and he missed expensively. And as a GM, you can't do that. That's exactly right, Will. And the thing is with with what Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy have been saying for the last, you know, four years since 2018 is that they always, it comes down to what the four, I think it's three C's that they love to use collaboration, (laughs) conviction, and gosh, I'm blanking on the last one, but that's whatever decision they do come to. And now canned can definitely be the, the third one for now, but whatever decision they come to, this was a joint decision by the hip. So you look at Ryan Pace, you look at Matt Nagy and that's, if they were to go on something, go in on a player, that's both of them, obviously, in that collaboration phase that they talk about. And just more times than not, it just felt like that they, they missed on those guys. You can also, Anthony Miller, that they moved up to go get in the second round is another guy that never panned out here in Chicago. So they just, I think they, look, I, we have to separate them, the football side from the actual people side, because they're great people. They They ran this organization, what they thought was, in the right way they never did anything to embarrass or you know anything that that outside stuff that you see sometimes with other organizations deal with that's they did it the right way matt Nagy's a great person uh, you know i think a really good leader actually never lost the locker room despite these what a five game losing streak this year a six game the year previous he was able to just weather the storm there but the football part of it the off like with matt Nagy, he was brought here with the the sole focus of really retooling this offense using what he had learned under Andy Reid all those number of years and brought and bring it here to Chicago. And for 2018 for a spurt, it, it worked. But then as soon as he got figured out, things just never panned out. You never saw growth from any of the, I can't even name how many quarterbacks have played under Matt Nagy in the last four years, because you have to, you include as many so Trubisky, <laughs> Chase Daniel, um, then Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, and maybe that's all of them, or maybe I'm missing some. But regardless of who was in, it just never seemed like the offense. It, maybe at times it clicked for a little, like it wasn't astronomically a great offensive performance, but it just never fit with any of the guys. And that's why ultimately we go to that third C word, they're canned. <laughs> you know, uh, Matt Nagy, 34 and 31 uh, in the regular season. You add in his two post-game losses. He finishes his Bears tenure 34 and 33. Ryan Pace was 48 and 65. Uh, I believe that ma- means regular season, so around 48 and 67 uh, himself. Uh, for all this time, all the capital, all the money spent, all the trades that occurred, this is obviously just not enough at this juncture, and I'm glad that the rumors that Ryan Pace will be perhaps promoted uh, are totally debunked now uh, at this juncture. Uh, and when you look at Matt Nagy's offense, you know, never had anything better than, well, he was 10th in points per game in 2018, but Nick, we all know most of that was on the defense. Like, defense, how much were they scoring that year? So it's hard to really look into that. So outside of that, 29th in 2019, 23rd, 27th. And then in terms of yards, the best that Matt Nagy was able to kind of come through would be uh, in 2018 when they were 21st in total yards gained. So 
two guys who just weren't able to get enough done with what I believe uh, is a not rather talented roster, but talented, more talented than what maybe some of the results were, at least this year, uh, but also lacking in some key areas too. All right. So as we kind of go from here, Nick, uh, I'm just kind of going through my head. The whole time we've been doing this podcast, uh, Ryan Pace has been GM. He became GM the same year I founded the show. Uh, and then we had the John Fox era, and then we moved into the Matt Nagy era. And now we're kind of in uncharted territory because I've never hosted a podcast uh, about this team without Ryan Pace's GM. Do you believe that the new GM, whoever that may be, and uh, we'll start looking at candidates here and talking about them on the show and kind of sharing with our listeners you know, who the Bears are interviewing and things of that nature, are they walking into a better situation than maybe Ryan Pace was seven years ago? I, I would say so, Will, and just for the sole fact that you have you have a quarterback that is that it's not what Jay Cutler I think what Ryan Pace was inheriting that first year off of um, still the contract that he was given from the last regime. So I do think for the simple fact that is you know what can ultimately make this this team better. You also look at a stalwart, and they got to see what happens with Roquan Smith, right? Uh, he's going to be looking for that contract extension, but you have some. You have some guys that you can still build around that are still key pieces that are young. Um, even a David Montgomery who didn't get enough carries yesterday in that Minnesota Vikings game. But I think this is a better team, and there's just potential with it because if there was better quarterback play, better offensive scheming around this season, I wonder I wonder what it kind of looks like because there are some games the Bears could have been more more just uh, competitive in, but the, the offensive scheme, the, the way that the Bears would approached it, didn't allow that to happen. But I do ultimately think this is a better team than what Ryan Pace inherited all those years ago. You know, when you look at yesterday too, uh, Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy kind of walking off the field together. Uh, you have to wonder uh, and assume they knew their fate. I was kind of tied uh, at that moment. And even at the press conference that you were in yesterday with Matt Nagy, I felt like he kept throwing in, you know, this is something that Ryan and I built. Ryan and I did this and kind of coupling the two, even though you've heard over the past month that they've been kind of like distancing. Um, but for Matt to kind of mention towards the end of that press conference, like, you know, we brought in Justin Fields. I think he was trying to say like, hey, if this kid pans out, please thank us for that decision. Did you kind of get that vibe when you're in the room? It was that. Um, I was actually talking to Patrick Finley as we left the press conference. And we were just kind of saying there's, there's no way that, you know, based off of that, you think Matt Nagy's coming back. And, yeah, I just had the same sense. And, you know, these life lessons we learned from these trials and tribulations in our life and like i think matt Nagy kind of knew he didn't he wasn't puffy eyed or anything like i had seen him when he had just got done crying after the green bay game like you could tell like it was in his face all the players so that wasn't there but it just sounded like um you know from a guy that knew that he was gonna be moving on and learns from these these life lessons but yeah so that's um it's gonna be you know a nice interesting little um, avenue for us for these next couple of weeks, what the Bears do and how fast they do everything, right? Um, because I think that's also going to be a part of it. Like the Vikings are looking for the same two positions the Bears are. So they're going to be competing with some of these teams that are also going to be, you know, letting go and firing their head coaches. So the Bears can't just sit on their hands and do nothing. They have to be smart about this, but not make any of these rash decisions like how you come to maybe a Matt Nagy or, you know, how they've kind of done things in the past. So it's a very... You know, it's it's a interesting. Um, it's just going to be interesting. I'll say that how the Bears kind of approach all this. It is because now with the two vacancies, 
you almost have to fill GM quickly-ish in order to find a head coach that that GM wants because you can't independently hire two guys and say, all right, work together. That's not a recipe that will often lead to success. So given that GM's first, what's on like your wish list in terms of not the person, but like qualities uh, that this GM could perhaps possess? Like who would you be looking for? Like what type of person? Who do you hope or what do you hope this new guy will kind of bring to the table uh, and don't put everything on it. Uh, and then from there, like how does he approach maybe this off season and just running the bears in general? Well, well, I, I'm actually going to bring, so you brought up like, you know, putting everything on table. I do want somebody that will be able to collaborate. Like as, as ironic and, and crazy as that sounds with what we heard so much of with Ryan Pace, you need to have, I, I do like the idea of people being, able to work together and that whoever this next GM is, they have to be able to do that. But they also, I want somebody that can honestly assess this roster and look at it for not being maybe hopeful, like, okay, maybe this later round draft pick or so-and-so can actually fill this role for an entire season. Because I think that happened too much with Ryan Pace. They were like, Oh, you know what? Kendall Vildor could be our next corner. Cause you know, we think there's a lot of upside. They just need to be realistic in how they view this roster and know that there are deficiencies and that we need to fill these with quality players and we can't always trade away the, the entire farm to go get somebody. But you do need you do need to have this balance of conviction and I think just um real uh, like just this realism, right? Just being able like, okay, if we want to go get a player, can we you know just throw the entire future out there to go get him? That's what kind of got Ryan Pace in the hole that he's currently in and that the next GM head coach have to deal with for next season because they don't have a first-round draft pick because they did get Justin Fields. So I just think there just needs to be that balance. And too much of the time, Ryan Pace was all for going and getting the guy that he thought was it. And a lot of the times it wasn't. It didn't pan out that way. And that's why the, the Bears are currently having to now rebuild from that. But that's just one of the qualities. There's probably a lot more that needs to go in there. They just need to have a better football sense as well. Because I feel like, you know, now see, that's another question with Ted Phillips and how this mm-hmm. all gets intertwined with all the new the new pieces that are coming in for the Bears. How does he factor into this? But, yeah, um, is there anything that kind of stands out for you? You know, I think in terms of just a general mindset – and this may be a given, but this is what needs to happen. And I think it's just worth saying, whoever they hire, both head coach and GM, I, I think if whoever has the hiring powers this year for it, whoever's doing these interviews, they have to 100% believe Justin Fields is the guy. Like, if I'm bringing anyone to this building and all the resources that we're already depleted with and everything we put into Justin, and I think we saw some real good potential this year from him, I want a GM and a head coach who believes that this is the guy who I want to build my team around and then have a great strategy how to do so. Uh, I was talking about in the postgame yesterday when you look at the pass catchers, like Darnell Mooney, by far and beyond uh, the best player in that field yesterday for the Bears' offense. But for Justin Fields next year, who else will he really have to throw that ball to? You're not going to have an Allen Robinson. You're going to have Bird and Goodwin. I mean, they weren't really that decent this season. So we need to find someone who has a plan in place, given the limited capital, both draft and money, to build around our young, promising quarterback and a head coach that's like, you know what? Here's my scheme, but I can also build one around this guy because that's something that Nagy could not do. So both of these decisions, to me, 
need to really have a heavy weight with Justin Fields because, again, what, Justin has about three more years on his rookie deal as well, so that window's close. Uh, like, it's not super big, and really you're going to win towards the end of that is probably best-case scenario for this team. Uh, so I want someone who has a great plan in place on how to capitalize on this opportunity that we still have uh, sooner rather than later. And definitely a lot of retooling will need to be done. Uh, but that's kind of what I'm hoping for in terms of, if I'm in an interview, like, Sell me your plan to make Justin Fields the next Pro Bowl quarterback for the Chicago Bears. That's a, that's a really good point, Will, and I think that's definitely going to be a factoring in. Adam Johns from The Athletic tweeted out that whoever this next GM is, they will kind of report to George McCaskey. And see, I don't know how I, – I, I, that's maybe where also the problem, the, the core of it probably lies because they're just – with George, it's not a lot of um, – he doesn't have that football background really, right? Like kind of – I think that's probably maybe what's also a part of this. I wonder if you need to distance like that family from making these ultra, yep. you know, big decisions. Obviously, they made the right one today, right? They did – they made one the year right too late. decision today. Exactly. One year too late. So it's going to be like – I keep coming back to the word interesting, how the Bears approach this. Have they learned from what has transpired the last – couple you know five to six years and that's i, I go back i go back 12 years right lovey smith ever since lovey smith and you know the phil emery lovey smith and when he what fired lovey smith after their 10 and 6 season since then it's been mistake after mistake uh, and you know trying to fix it and if they don't learn all these lessons this time by nick we're looking at another 10-year mistake and we'll be doing this podcast in 2032 almost 40-year-old men talking about why can't the team ever get it right? They must learn from the decades' worth of mistakes that they have kind of placed before us. Absolutely, Will. Um, so the Bears sent out an email. Like we're, we're supposed to talk to the Bears players at 9 o'clock, but they were going to announce when we were supposed to also talk to, uh, you know, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. I wonder wonder now how what that email kind of looks like so again a um, lot of uh, change coming to Chicago a lot of much needed change but you know it starts right now it literally starts right now for this organization to potentially get back on the right track it, it does are you trying to tell me you need to wrap up to go to those press conferences is that what you're trying to do over there uh, you know the Bears have been maybe with this new era that's coming in <laughs> they'll actually start on time but like they they are consistently late and so uh, you know I, I wouldn't doubt that if i hopped on that zoom call i'll still be waiting for 10 minutes that's just how just how the bears have been operating since um this you know the first season we've been credentialed okay well i think we have four minutes i can still leverage our time uh, i'm sure people still want to kind of share uh, hear our thoughts that we want to share uh usually you know I, I think we're both thankful for this decision but what it was ryan pace's best move uh, during his tenure what do you think he's going to be remembered as or for i would say the probably the cleo mac trade right i mean when that news broke it was uh for a 2018 season that we didn't know was obviously coming yet but we knew that like the bears thought they can compete and they did everything they could to go get cleo mac and when that news broke we did a podcast very similar to this the next morning breaking it down and what this meant for the bears they went from a team that was maybe you know being on the, the uprise to hey they can they can legit make some noise this season but i think that'll be it but you also got to tie hey they moved up to go get mitchell trubisky and that's always always going to be tied to ryan pace but for the best move it's definitely uh the cleo mac trade was the trubisky 
going to be the, is that going to be the worst because of not just the moving up but I think selecting of the wrong guy uh, when you look at the other two quarterbacks in that first round of course one of them has some other issues uh, off the field that we don't need to get into on this show um, but the Patrick Mahomes swinging and missing and Nick you had him in your mock draft you said the Bears should draft him third overall and they didn't listen I'm still mad no they didn't they didn't listen but that will definitely be the one like if you're searching Ryan Pace probably on Google you know, I think maybe Trubisky would come up. And obviously right now it's going to say fired, but that's going to be, like, the one thing that I think people who outside of who follow the Bears, like, oh, that's a GM that passed on, you know, Patrick Mahomes, and at the time, Deshaun Watson. We got Ryan Pace draft picks, Ryan Pace record, Ryan Pace contract, Ryan Pace trades, and then Ryan Pace replacements. That's what Google says. And it's right. Those are, those are, those are the right criteria right now for what, what – is dealing with Ryan Pace and yeah we got Matt Nagy is future <laughs> that's the first one Matt Nagy future not here yeah what about for what about for Matt Nagy will what do you think you know you you look think about Matt Nagy what do you what do you think will be the ultimate thing that people think of or the highlight um for his tenure here in Chicago that's a great that's a really great question and I I think it's just really 2018 in a nutshell right like I can't pinpoint one game uh, throughout that season uh, that really stands out above the rest. Uh, unfortunately, when I do think about that year, I think about the Miami game we went to that they squandered. Uh, I think about the loss of week one against Green Bay where they came out and were just crazy with all those formations, the T formation, the Papa Bear, and then coming out of halftime, no adjustments and fell apart. And that has been something that we've seen every single season uh, during this tenure as well. Uh, if I had to guess, he'd be remembered for the boom. You remember for Club Dub mm-hmm. uh, and as yep. well as for that those early seasons, uh, some of that creativity. Uh, but more times than not, uh, when you look at just his overall time here, I think just underperforming uh, from what you have in front with you, uh, what the wor- you have to work with, will be at least what I remember him from because I think he, there were some talented teams uh, that he kind of squandered away. Uh, 2019 was really no different than 2018. You only have, like, what, two starters were different? And look what happened without Vic Fangio running that defense and Matt Nagy. Uh, with an off-season for teams to scout him, uh, I don't think he's ever recovered uh, from that point on. No, I mean, that's a really good point. I, I also put in, like, I think we'll, people remember the whys, the whys that never got answered mm-hmm. in every single press conference, right? So a lot of um, just, just I think, Matt Nagy had good thoughts and, you know, had good intentions, but never just was able to put, put everything into fruition to make this offense sustainable, to ultimately grow quarterbacks, to bring with him a capable and efficient offense. It never happened, but, you know, with all the press conferences that, you know, just in this one season alone, I've been to, it's like there's not much substance. And that was the same thing for the product on the field in terms of his offense. Nothing was really happening. And that's what, you know, that's why he got, going back to your word, hand. Oh, my God. Like, that's so true. Like, he has all that word salad but nothing comes out and just like his all his little free uh, snap for uh, you know motions that aren't doing anything and trying to be too cute same thing it's all the word salad we'll call it personnel salad but no results from it yeah. <laughs> i like that they're going to yep their personnel pack their personnel salad package where <laughs> you know it's going to be a th- you know the personnel package drive where it's going to be three and out and defense goes back out there but yeah that's exactly what this offense was Anything else that you want to kind of end the show with? I know you need to get over to these press conferences. You get to talk to some Bears players, and uh, I look forward to you know maybe some 
uh, tidbits and nuggets you can be able to extrapolate um, from there. And I don't want to hold you up too much longer, but any final thoughts on the Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy uh, era as a whole as we are putting an official close to this chapter, Nick? It's, it's, you know, it needed to close, Will. I'm just glad that the Bears actually had the conviction to make these two firings happen. This, you know, they were joint at the hip when they got here, and now they're leaving, you know, both. Um, and hopefully we'll put the Bears in a better place. That's obviously what the intentions are, but it was it was needed. Well, just looking at the, the second half of that Minnesota Vikings-Bears game yesterday, all the same things we've been seeing since 2019. It really has been. In a nutshell, it came... You know, full circle when I was watching it, which is kind of crazy, but it, it was the it was the right move. And now, like we talked about earlier, well, will the Bears learn from those mistakes? And we're going to find out real soon. The issue, Nick, is that this was the easy moves. Like this is an off season yeah. that needs consistent, correct moves if we want a. I want to say fun and exciting 2022 Chicago Bears season. Like you have to hit on the GM, who then coincidentally hits on the head coach who then hires a pretty rock star staff who then brings in and re-signs the correct free agents you hit on your draft picks for your first time as gm and you always get a little bit of a grace period because like it's your first time drafting players Mm -hmm. so is it good or not it's okay it's practice almost and then from there you have to have a guy who can build a scheme around justin fields and the defense whether sean desai stays whether he goes and the changes that happen over there there's so much now. It's going to be a ripple effect. It's like an avalanche, and it just started. We're at the peak of the mountain, and we're going to just crumble all the way down, strip it down, and we'll see how we can build back better. Uh, I think that's the good place to stop it. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, Will, and I look forward to breaking that down and doing all that research with you over the coming weeks, maybe days, but it's gonna. it should be a fun time. Days, weeks, months, the offseason has started, and it started with a couple of very loud bangs here in Chicago. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Chicago Audible. Uh, thanks so much for sticking with us here early Monday morning. I've had like five sips of my coffee and I can't wait to finish it uh, as soon as I hit the end recording button on our side. Uh, Nick, have fun at those press conferences here or as soon as we kind of hop off. And uh, again, if any other breaking news happens, whether it be, you know, Ted, George, anything else, any other structural changes or decisions made, uh, we'll make sure to hop on as soon as possible after the fact to kind of share our instant reaction thoughts and how the Bears can and should move forward. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.